Good morning, Bridgetown Church, and to any and all of you listening online, John Mark Comer here with the Bridgetown Daily for Monday, May 25th. Today's Memorial Day. Uh, happy Memorial Day to all of you. I'm guessing that the majority of you, but not all, have the day off. Well done. And I pray you get a little bit of rest today. I came down over the last few weeks with shingles, so that's fun. <laughs> I think it's a mild case, and I'm, my spirit is healthy and well. I'm doing just fine. But it was a great reminder to me that even with rest, even with Sabbath and morning prayer and a rule of life and in-depth relationships and community and a killer therapist and elder team, all of that still I am in a soma, a body, I'm a whole person, and there's a weight that we all carry right now in living through a global pandemic that has a cost on our central nervous system and on our body itself and our immune system and all of that. So it's such a gentle, loving reminder from my body that I'm a whole person and I need rest. And so may today be a day of rest, but it's also just a reminder of what I think of I think what one of the main takeaways we are all to walk away from this whenever it's over with, just a healthy dose of reality about our own mortality and vulnerability as human beings, something that in the West it's easy to act as if we're impervious to disease or death or things like that. And on that note, I just want to lean in a little bit to our vulnerability. To start off our week, I just want to reiterate something that I said last Thursday in our weekly update video for those of you that are part of our community. We are entering into the next phase of the COVID-19 phenomenon. Um, phase one was kind of, not phase one in the Oregon technical sense, but kind of the first you know, stage of it was the stay home order, two or three months, just full on kind of lockdown at home, mellower in America than many other places. But that was kind of the the first stage. And now we're going into stage two, which is kind of this stage of social distancing and wearing masks and small group sizes and kind of, you know, a limit to the number of the people that you're in relationship with or that you least touch and are around all the time. And it's a slow kind of halting, intermittent start. We all wish we could just come right out of, you know, stay home and like go back to business as usual. And that will take who knows how long, weeks, months, years, I don't know, hopefully not years, but it will likely be a while before things are back to more of a normal. And with this next stage, we're entering into the realm of opinion. In stage one of the stay home order, it was really clear, like there was nothing really you could do outside your home. But now we're into a gray area and there is all there are all sorts of different opinions that people have, different opinions about politics on the right or the left. It's so sad to me that this whole thing has become partisan and politicized. So if you're pro-reopening, you're therefore somehow Trumpian or to the right. Or if you're skittish about reopening, you're therefore a left-wing nut who doesn't want Trump to get reelected or whatever. And it's just so sad, the division. I know that's more online than in real life, but still it's there. There's diversity of opinion about the role of the federal government. What should they do or should they not do? What about the state government? What should not be government at all? There's a diversity of opinion about how dangerous the disease is. And we don't even have hard statistics yet on the death rate. And so we don't really know yet. And so this, we're all kind of amateur epidemiologists now. So we all feel like we know or at least have an opinion. 
there's a sharp and you know emotional controversy right now about vaccines with lovely intelligent people on both sides but man is it contentious there's diversity of opinion about social distancing etiquette let's say you're with three of your friends and you're at somebody's apartment you know to have tea together do you really sit six feet apart do you really wear your mask what if two of you want to do it but one of you is like this is ridiculous there's a diversity of opinion there's a diversity of opinion about church what should we do as a church? When should we reopen, quote, meaning have gatherings again? And what should that look like? Should that go early or late? All sorts of different opinions. And that's just fine. What's not fine is division. Diversity of opinion, great. Division, not great. And in this next phase, I think the enemy's stratagem is what kind of one of his go-to stratagems down through church history is to divide us. I read this morning in Ephesians 6, we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes. Paul uses that language of schemes for the enemy on a regular basis. And I think one of his schemes down through church history and for sure right now in our nation, that man, we do not want to help him out at all with through our social media account or a rant over conversation, is his scheme to divide and make us at each other's throats and rather than help us come together. And I think the Spirit's goal, as best I can discern, is the exact opposite, is to unify us as we enter this next stage and start to rebuild social capital with each other. It's going to feel a little weird when we first see each other. We're going to feel this mix of like, yes, I can, so happy to see you. And you're wearing a mask. And who are you again? I can't tell with just your eyes. And I feel a little weird. And, and once social distancing is over, how's it going to feel to give each other a hug? Or will that be a thing of the past? I sure hope not. But I think it's going to be this kind of kind of tentative, a little, you know, slow, a little nervous, you know, and some of us more nervous than others kind of season where really we need to start rebuilding a community, rebuilding what it looks like to live in relationship with other people in an embodied space. And it's very important for us to remember, and this is really all I want to say, that we as the church, what we unify is around is practicing the way of Jesus together in Portland or wherever you call home. It's around Jesus himself and the Trinitarian community of love that we call God. Not our political party, our view of taxation and wealth redistribution, not our view of medicine and Western acute medicine versus integrated Eastern medicine, not our view on vaccines, not our view on what is the role of federal government to state to local. That's not what we unify around. We're all welcome to have our opinion, but we need to keep the main thing the main thing. We come together as a community of followers of Jesus to do life as a family. I'm sure there are people in your family that you have sharp political disagreements with, and you do everything you can to act in a loving way because you're family. And so all I really want to do is just read Ephesians chapter 4 over you. I asked our church, I asked all of you to put this mem to memory or at least the key line in the middle of it. Let me just read it over us again. I think it's so key. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you, and Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, you there is plural. I urge all of you, or as Bethany would say, you all, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received into the kingdom. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, 
just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. That central line, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Notice two very obvious things. One, we are to keep the unity, meaning we already have it. Don't lose it. We already have unity in Jesus. Let us be careful to watch over and guard it and protect it and nourish it and care for it. And two, when we lose unity, we lose the Spirit and we lose peace. Think about when you're kind of crossways with somebody. Do you feel close to God and at peace in your spirit? No, you feel far from God and angry and tense and disintegrated and torn up on the inside and your mind is afire. We are to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We are to keep it because it is a precious thing and a gift from God. So let's just end with a little moment of prayer. I invite you on this Memorial Day, maybe you're sitting on your back deck or a balcony, or maybe you're at the park or on a walk. It's beautiful weather in Portland. Just take a deep breath. Ground yourself in your body, in the ground itself, and the, the earth or the land is the Hebrew word that you and I call home and are a part of this world that is a living display of the greatness and goodness of our creator God, who is its creator and its sustainer and its superintendent. Just bask in the goodness and the greatness of God, the creator and the creation of his world. Breathe in, breathe out. I just wanna invite you to a little imaginative prayer exercise. Draw to mind our church, or if you're part of a different church, the church that you call home, or if you're not yet a part of a church, the church of Jesus around the world. But for me right now, I'm thinking about our church. I'm even imagining us in our new building, God willing. And I just want you to imagine yourself in that sea of people, hundreds of people, and just imagine yourself as one with our church. Hear Paul's language. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now imagine your Bridgetown community or whoever it is that you do life with, that kind of half a dozen, dozen, 20 people. Just imagine yourself around that table with the bread and the wine or however you do life together. Just imagine yourself as one with that group of family. And now think of a friend who follows Jesus, a best friend or a close friend or your roommate or your spouse even. And just imagine yourself as one with them. And finally, imagine an enemy, or maybe that's too strong of a word, just somebody that you're mad at or have a sharp disagreement with, or have had a, a Twitter war with, or just feel acrimony in your heart toward. Imagine them, who's a follower of Jesus, and then imagine that the two of you are one. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father and all, your brothers and sisters, your siblings, God who is over all and in all and through all. And now just receive from the Spirit the precious gift of unity. To end, let me read over you Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore.